Episode one of Pocket Presence, we're here. It was about time to get off of Twitter exclusively and start putting out real content around the NFL, making picks, making slips, getting into the nitty gritty of what's really going on and not just relying on memes. And we're gonna get right to it. Thank you guys for being here. I'm excited to get this kicked off. And week 10 coming up in the NFL season, there's been a lot that's happened already. A lot of craziness, some teams that sucked early, don't suck anymore. And vice versa, teams that are just tanking right now. Bills, I'm looking at you. I don't know what's going on with you. And there's a lot of fantasy implications for all of this. This episode, we got a little outline for you. We're going to do a fantasy start sit for week 10. Some of the topics around these emerging players and not these like must starts that we already know guys are starting. We're going to talk in like these flex guys, these guys that are emerging, offenses that are just on the field all the time. Maybe not the best players, but they're getting production. Then we're going to go into my top Thursday night football sleeper picks. I'm looking at you. Reception lines, they just came out. I like them, I don't love them. But we're going to have to mix and match a little bit to make some good slips. Then we got a preview of the NFL Week 10. Some things I'm looking out for, some guys that I'm waiting for their slips to come out for, and I need you guys to be able to look out for too because these slips, the good lines come and go real quick and you do not want to miss them. So we're going to dive right in. Tank Dell, is Tank Dell legit, man? I I think Tank Dell is legit. We got to look at his player chart. What does this game log look like? And he's a little sporadic, but I'm going to give him a break. One, he's a rookie. CG Stroud's a rookie. They're still figuring out their deal on offense. And he's got a guy across from him, Nico Collins, who's like the big receiver. Young quarterbacks like the big guys, wide range targets, good catch radius. It's like they're the reliable guys. Those guys in tight ends, like you know with a young quarterback, they're going to get the receptions. But Tank Dell for me, I kind of put him in that like Zay Flowers category where like you can't really put him on the bench if he's flexible that week because he could pop off. And like he might not get all the burn that you want him to have, but he's a guy that if you're desperate, or even if like you're in that competition range, he should be in your lineup. If you look at his game log, his targets are there, especially last week. He had 11 targets on six receptions, and that's what I like looking at at receivers, like what type of target share are they getting? How many times are they getting seen? And for him last week, he had a huge last week, like much of the Houston Texans did, but he had a rough stretch, in my opinion, target-wise, where he had three, four, and four against Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and Carolina. All of those defenses, though, are pretty solid defenses. I know Carolina's having a tough year, but their pass defense, I think, is like top 10, maybe top 5 this year. And Atlanta's no slouch on defense either. They're having a good year. Besides that, though, when they played in-division opponents, teams that they're going to play regularly, twice a year, obviously, Indianapolis, he had 10 targets in Week 2. Jacksonville, he had 7 targets in Week 2. That led to 7 receptions and 5 receptions. Like, he's getting his targets against teams that he will be playing against regularly, and I think that's a really good sign. Last week, he had a breakout game, 27 points nearly, and I don't really think this is going to slow down. The other thing I want to look at for this week, though, they play against the Cincinnati Bengals, who right now are playing really good defense, and their offense is also taking up more time. Early in the year, the defense was on the field a lot more because the offense had so many three and outs. But, like, this week would be one that if you have another guy with a better matchup, I would take. But looking ahead, dude, they got Arizona, which should be a great start. They have Jacksonville in-division opponent. He had 23 points last time he played against Jacksonville. And then you have Denver, who is one of the worst passing defenses in the league. Like, the future is bright for Tank Dell and this Houston Texans offense. And even myself personally, I'm looking to trade away Pat Mahomes and keep C.J. Stroud, which tells you how high I am on that offense. And Tank Dell's a huge part of it. So I'm in. He's legit. Him, Zay Flowers, some of these young receivers that may not be getting, like, the 7 to 10 targets every single week, you're going to want them. Which leads me into my next point, C.J. Stroud. 
he's a must-start, dude. And then this is my thing. A lot of you guys play Dynasty. I'm looking to build my franchise. My GM, my fantasy GM self, is all in on CJ Stroud. And I'm looking to trade away other guys that are never going to see my fantasy lineup ever again because what he did last week in a must-win situation against a defense that's not been playing terrible. Like, the Bucs haven't been terrible. CJ Stroud went off against them. And they haven't been that bad this year. They held Minnesota and Chicago to 17 points, which both are not great teams, but Kirk Cousins was playing in that game. They held Philly to 23, which Philly, you would think, would have blown them out. They held New Orleans to 9, Detroit to 20, which Detroit's been playing really well, Atlanta to 16, and then they had Buffalo 24 and Houston 39 points. The Buffalo Bills just played them in Buffalo and were only able to put 24 points up at home. Then C.J. Stroud and the Fighting Texans came through with 39 points. That's impressive, and that's not like a slouch defense. So I'm taking it for what it's worth. I'm not going to say C.J. Stroud is going to put up 40 points a game, but he should be in that like 18 to 24 pop-off for some 30-plus point games here and there, and that's enough to trade away another starter for capital and try to get some more depth along your lineup. Someone else who's breaking out? Keaton Mitchell. And I don't know if you guys saw this clip on NFL Films of Lamar Jackson talking to his coaches about how much he loves Keaton and what his electrifyingness brings to the table. Hey! Now I'm the great to go. Keaton! But just wrap. But I think you're going to see some more carries for him as the season progresses. And look, Gus Edwards, Gus the bus, he's doing his thing. He's going to get his carries, he's going to get his goal line carries. But I think you're going to see them carve out a little more of a role for Keaton. You saw what he did in preseason. People were high on him. He's been chilling for the first part of the year. Rightfully so. It's been a good year rushing for the Ravens. But now that he's shown what he could do on a Sunday in a real game, real live action, I don't know, man. This feels like one of those stories where late in the year, little flex play here and there when you need him. I think he's the guy. Also, if you look at what he did, and yes, he had some breakout runs, but you look at nine carries for 138 yards, 15 yards a carry and a touchdown. Again, against Seattle, whose defense has been pretty good this year, that is going to earn him more carries. And that kind of feels like the A-chan type deal where like, yeah, Mostert's the guy, but they're going to get A-chan the ball. You saw when A-chan was healthy with the Dolphins, they had a lot of two-back sets. You're going to see more of Keaton Mitchell on the field. And that type of explosiveness, I would not be surprised if you see him getting some design screens, some jet sweeps, and all those little nuanced plays in, in their offense. All right, now we got to dive into the other part of the AFC North, the Bengals, dude. The Bengals are back, and they look like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, if not I don't know, man. They might even be the best team. How they're playing ball right now, the way their defense is playing, plus Joe Burrow back in the mix. Healthy. Thank God Joe Burrow's healthy because football's better when he's healthy. His swag is better when he's healthy. It just, it's a lot better of a product. If you look at Joe Burrow, his first four weeks this year, three points, 16 points, nine points, and four points. That, if my math is not terrible, is under 35 fantasy points in four weeks. Now you go over his last four games, 22, 27, 24, and 14. I mean, dude's almost pushing like 90 to 100 points in the last four weeks. And the Bengals are back. Their defense is still solid. And everyone around him is playing really well right now. And I think if they get some home games, dude, they're the type of team that, again, they went on a run last year. They did the dang thing, made it deep in the playoffs. But if they go on a run this year with the way the AFC is a little bit weaker, if they get home field advantage some way, somehow, again, they only have, what, three losses right now? I don't know. Cincinnati's not a place that I would want to play a road playoff game if I'm any AFC team right now. Right now, it looks like the Ravens have that upper hand, but I think the Bengals are back, dude. Is Josh Dobbs a legit QB1? I'm going to say yeah, dude. What he did last week, 
from learning the real cadence on the sideline, I wish people knew how hard that was because in the game of football, when you're a quarterback and you're playing, like it's so easy to revert back to things you used to do, especially cadence when you're trying to remember to play. You don't even know the name of your teammates yet, and you're trying to trust their timing and make plays off of that. He did it. I am so excited to watch him play freely in that offense. He's playing with house money. He has nothing to lose, and the Vikings are a legitimate playoff team if they can pull it off. If he can pull it all together, they get Justin Jefferson back soon, I'm assuming. Maybe new contract, who knows? But I like what they have. Their defense isn't playing terrible. And they're just a gritty team. And I also think their head coach is rock solid. And he's going to morph that offense to Josh Dobbs' style. They're only going to get better as the season progresses. And the NFC North is kind of weak besides the Lions. I wouldn't want to play the Vikings because you could get punched right in the mouth. And Josh Dobbs is going to be the one throwing the punches. Now we got some must-sits for this week. Week 10, man. It's tough, too, because there's a lot of teams on a bye right now, and it's slim pickings, especially in Dynasty Leagues with multiple quarterbacks, super flexes, and everything in between. I know that I literally, I don't know, man. I could not sit a player if I wanted to in one of my leagues. Somebody that I have on my team that's been a really, like, trusty flex has been Jacoby Myers. In some way, he pulled some points out of his you-know-what last week. But this week, playing against the Jets, I just don't see it. I think they're going to lean into the run game. I think Devontae Adams is going to get his fair share. And I just don't know where Jacoby fits into the mix. If you have other options in your flex, I would take them over him. But again, slim pickings might leave you with nothing and you got to do it. Another guy that's been a sneaky waiver wire pickup is Khalil Shakir. I don't think you can start him this week, especially with the skid that the Bills have been on. I think they're going to do their best to force feed Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Kincaid. And I don't really see many targets going to the other receivers in the system, especially after losing games. Typically, when you see an offense lose games, and their prime guys don't get as many targets, they're going to force feed them as time goes on. And I think Shakir's going to take a little bit of a fallback, maybe not even be flex-worthy, but again, who knows how depleted your rosters are. I feel like this is one of the fantasy years where there's just nobody really out there on waivers that you can pick up and plug into a team right now, especially if you have super flex and multiple quarterbacks. Another guy that I'm not going to be high on this week, and I may be wrong because Arthur Smith just finds a way to just drill it into us that he's going to use his guys. I would not touch Jonu Smith and I would not touch Algier. I think that he is on a super hot seat right now and he has three former first round draft picks that have not gotten the touches that they need and they're losing games that they should not lose. The obvious fix for any head coach is to feed your guys that you've invested money into and have invested high picks into. If he wants to keep his job, he needs to be feeding Pitts and he needs to be feeding Bijan. And that's going to cause the other guys to lose some targets that some way, somehow, they found all the way up into week nine. So I would put a huge caution, huge caution symbol on those two guys as well because common sense would tell you that if he wants to keep his job, he's got to use the guys that his GM hand-gifted him, hand-wrapped for his roster. If they were winning games, I would not be saying this. But when you're losing, especially when you're losing to teams that you should not lose to, things typically start to change if you want to keep your job. A guy that I'm starting this week that's a little sneaky waiver wire pickup is Cade Otten. He has been increasingly trending in the right direction in the targets category, and that's what I base most of my everything off of, honestly. My reception slips, my fantasy picks, like all of it is basically off of the amount of time somebody spends on the field and the amount of targets they get. And then the last three weeks, the Buccaneers have been in some shootouts. Kate Otten versus Atlanta had five receptions on six targets. The next week versus Buffalo, he had four receptions on six targets. And this past week, he had six receptions on nine targets, 20 fantasy points and two touchdowns. And right now, I don't know if you know much about the NFL, but a lot of the tight ends are on bye weeks. The good tight ends anyways, you got Kelsey, 
Goddard just got hurt. Like tight ends are starting to get slim pickings. And if K. Dotton's available, you need to snag him and you need to start him if you have him, if you're depleted. Obviously, don't start him for guys like Laporta and all these other studs, but he's going to be a really good pickup for you. We've already hit on this once, but I'm also going with C.J. Stroud. I don't really care what defense he's playing against. I like how much they throw the ball. I like how much they give him the opportunity to throw the ball in high-pressure situations. They go for it on third and long. They don't just play conservative. Fourth downs, they're going for it. Low red zone, they're not taking field goals. They're just taking shots to the end zone. And Bobby Slowick is a former passing game coordinator. That's where his philosophy lies. You look at other teams like Atlanta with Arthur Smith. He's a run game guy. In critical situations when they show up, they're going to lean on what they know. And Bobby Slowick knows passing, and C.J. Stroud does it pretty dang well. C.J. Stroud, for me, is a must-start moving forward, no matter who you have. Because I think he can pop off every single week. And they're going to throw it 30, 40, 50 times a game. And I'm a volume guy. I love volume, and that matters the most in fantasy. And now we got David Montgomery. I know you guys might be thinking Gibbs is kind of taken over. Montgomery was hurt. Maybe he's kind of lost some touches. I do not care. David Montgomery, in the first four weeks of the season, had 21, 16, 32, and 19. He's averaging well over 20 touches a game, and Dan Campbell likes that style of offense. He likes it under control. I think what you're going to see this week is a little more of David Montgomery and Gibbs on the field at the same time. They're going to have Montgomery in the backfield. They're going to have Gibbs split out wide, motioning, shifting, all that stuff. What I would be most concerned about in touches and shares of the ball is going to be like Amon Ross St. Brown and even Laporta losing touches to Gibbs. I don't think Montgomery is going to lose as many touches as people think, and I think that Gibbs' role is going to morph a little bit. So I would expect Montgomery to kind of get back into that role. They're going to ground it, pound it. They're going to take his four yards to carry. He's going to get the low red zone runs. Like Montgomery's a must-start, and if you think anything other than that, I think you're delusional. Last but not least, defense. I went to waivers this week, and keep in mind, I have the 49ers defense that I drafted. Yes, I will admit it that I drafted them early I reached for them and they paid out for me pretty well early in the year not so much of late but I went and I grabbed the Raiders defense for this matchup this week against the New York Jets and if you watched the game the other day you would understand why the Jets don't look like they have it Zach Wilson is really struggling and there's Raiders defense they are balling they're top 16 right now in the league in defense which is even more impressive because the way they started the season bottom barrel they started with five points minus two one and four in the first four games of the year, probably dead last in the league, if not worse than that. And in the last five weeks, they've hit 15, 11, 4, 13, and 23. More importantly with this, though, it's been how they've been accumulating these points. They've let up 24 points, 26 points, 27. Like, they've let up some points, but they're disruptive. They're getting sacks, they're forcing fumbles, they're causing turnovers, and they're getting tackles for loss. And I like a defense that causes havoc. I don't care. Let up the big play cause havoc on the other side and you're going to get fantasy points for that i like when the scales are tipped that way and i'm going to roll with the raiders this week and they might even find a permanent spot in the starting lineup for me i like them i'm in now we got to transition a little bit into our thursday night football game some sleeper picks some matchups what are we looking at for this game man i'm torn vegas says that chicago should win but i just saw a report that said that justin fields is doubtful his thumb's not ready, but I also don't know if that helps or I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do with this game, but I'm going to go with my gut here. I'm going to say that the Panthers' defense is not that bad. Like, this year, they've played well enough to win games. Their offense just hasn't performed. So I'm going to roll with that, and I'm going to take the fact that the Bears look very sporadic on offense. They look like they're affected by pressure. They look like they're affected by tight coverage. And that's actually some of what the Panthers do on defense, weirdly enough, even though they're bad. When you look at this Panthers defense, it's kind of like the Dolphins offense. When they play against teams that can roll them, they get absolutely rolled. 
But if it's a tight game, they play lights out. And I don't see the Chicago Bears being this team that's just going to absolutely roll them. You look at it, they held the Saints to 20. They held the Vikings to 15 with Kirk Cousins. They held the Texans to 13 points, who just put up 39 on the Bucks. And last week, they held the Colts to 15. I don't really know what they do. I don't really know how it's working. And on the flip side, they let up 42 to Detroit and 42 to Miami and 37 to Seattle. So, like, when they're getting rolled, they're getting rolled. But I don't I don't see the Bears just rolling them. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think that the offense actually is going to be able to take a little bit of advantage of this Bears defense. Then you flip to the script of the Bears defense, and they're 30th in the league. I mean, th- what a Thursday night football matchup. I can't wait to see this. The Bears have let up 32 to Green Bay, 41 to Kansas City, 25 to Denver. Ow, I don't know. 30 to the Chargers and 24 to the Saints. I just don't agree with Vegas on this one. You want to know what I really like about these types of games? Bad defenses, you don't know who's who. There's some hidden gems with sleeper picks. I love my slips, I love my receptions, and I'm going to lean really heavy this week on the Carolina side because I just believe in the I believe in the Panthers. I believe in the Panthers. We have some lines that have started to come out for these games, starting with receptions. And if you know me, you know I love receptions, and I think, I just think, there's going to be one or two of these that hit. I think Thielen at six and a half receptions, I think that he hits that. It's a really high line, and I typically stay away from high lines, but Thielen, high line against a bad defense. These are his targets the last few weeks. These are his targets actually the whole year. Take away week one when he wasn't really playing. He had nine, 14, eight, 13, 13, 11. And then last week he had six, which he had a rough game. And the receptions for that were seven, 11, seven, 11, 11, eight, and then five. And now the line is set at six and a half. I feel like I would be an idiot if I took the under on six and a half, which makes me believe that I need to take the over because the Bears are not going to stop Thielen from getting his touches. And so I'm going to add that one to a slip. The other thing that I really like about this game, Cole Komet, especially with Badgen playing, young quarterback, likes his tight end. Cole Komet has been absolutely eating the last few weeks with Badgen in. He also targets, like we, I love talking about targets because I think it's just the, it's the secret sauce. Since Badgett has played the last two weeks, Komet has 10 for 10 targets and receptions in one week, and he has six receptions on eight targets the week after. And right now, he doesn't have a reception line out, but if it comes at like three and a half, I'd hammer it. But what I am going to take right now is the 35 and a half receiving yards, because right now, 55 last week, 79 the week before, Badgett's playing I think that he's going to get over 40 yards. Easy. So I'm going to take that one. And then another sneaky pick that I really like is Hayden Hurst, 16 and a half receiving yards. For him, he's kind of like an explosive, bigger play tight end, I'd say. He's a catch and run guy. One good reception will get you 17 yards. But I think he gets two. I think he breaks 20. And I'm going to go with recency bias here. He had 54 yards receiving last week on four targets. And... I don't know, man. Six and a half feels like a pretty gimme line. And the the multiples on that are pretty solid at 1.8. We're going to build one more leg onto that. I'm going to be in on Bryce Young on this Thursday night game. And I'm going to take his rushing yards. He has a line set at 9.5 rushing yards. And last week, he had 41 yards rushing against the Colts. I can guarantee you with the way that the O-line's playing, he's not going to be trying to sit in the pocket. He's going to be looking for an opportunity to run. And a guy like him, one rush will get you over 10. And you hit. And he's hit over 9.5 in the last two weeks with 11 and 41. And I don't think this week's going to be any different. I think he's going to hit it. So this next one's going to be a 10.4x multiplier. We're going to put 100 bucks on it. Komet over 35.5 receiving yards. Thielen over 6.5 receptions. Hurst 16.5 receiving yards. 
and Bryce Young over 9.5 rushing yards. Submit it. 100 makes 1,038. And just so you guys know, like when I make these slips, most of my slips come on Sunday. When I pick these Thursday night games and when I pick these Monday night games where I'm not really overlapping a bunch of players and it's all on one team, I work backwards from how do I think the game is going to go. Vegas is taking the Bears. Justin Fields is out. That's starting to shift a little bit. I've been heavy on the Panthers since line opened on Tuesday. And I also think, like, what is it going to take for the Panthers to win this game? They're going to have to feed Thielen. They're going to have to get their tight end involved because he's been making good plays. And Bryce Young is going to have to run a little bit. So that's how I kind of bunch, like, what do my slips do? How do I make them? How do I come up with that side of it? So I, I put that over here. Bam, got it. Then I look on the other side of the ball. Okay, they got Badgen playing. He's a young quarterback. He loves feeding his tight end. And his tight end's line is set at 35 yards when he's busted that the last two weeks. I'm going back to the well one more time against what I think the defense, if I'm the Panthers defense, I'm saying Moore's not getting involved in this game and we're going to let you take everything underneath to your tight end and we're going to make you beat us in that game. We're not going to let DJ Moore take over this game. They're going to let him have it. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the 35 and a half, whatever it is, receiving yards for Komet and we're going to roll it into four play slip and we're going to see it hit on Thursday night. So I had a question, what's my sleeper record? So I don't have a win and loss like column but I will tell you my profit so week one which was like three or four weeks ago for me I was given a thousand dollars credit to see what I could do with it for my lovely staff at sleeper and they messed up because they gave the kid a thousand and I turned it into twelve thousand dollars in one weekend I withdrew some of that money you know saved some of my winnings and now I've been playing with around six thousand dollars over the last two weeks I made seven hundred dollars week two I actually lost a little bit last week because we had some bad beats, but we'll talk about that later. We had like three guys that missed by half a reception. Went a little too heavy, a little too confident, but right now in the last three weeks, I am up around $10,500. I'm feeling good, and I feel like I'm honing in on the strategy. It's a really big slips with receptions, completions, field goals made, and the only thing that I got to tweak with a little bit more is not putting one player on too many slips. Last week, Travis Kelsey hurt me. Taylor Swift didn't go to the game. I should have known better. I should not have touched him. I might not touch him again this year because I don't like what they're doing with their tight end room and four tight ends on the field at one time. Three tight ends on the field at one time without him on the field. It's besides the point. So, yeah, we're rolling right now. We have a lot of people following the picks. I'm trying to sprinkle a little bit more of, like, I don't know, yards, touchdowns. And one of the sneaky things that I really like right now are field goals made. Field goals made for college. We'll talk about that another time. And then I like total kick points for teams with kickers that offenses are rolling. Just go look at the lines. They're pretty sneaky, and I like them. All right, now my pocket presence, exclusive slip of the week. We're going to do a little five leg here. We're going to go Bryce Young, 9.5 rushing yards, over. We're going to go Komet, over 34.5 receiving yards. We're going to go Miles Sanders, rushing yards, over 20.5. Then we're going to grab... Pinheiro over five and a half kicking points. I think if they win the game, this is a lock. And then the last one, we're going to go Hayden Hurst, 16 and a half receiving yards, which the line has moved a couple, couple yards. People like the Hayden Hurst. I'm going to take it. This leads us to an 18.05x multiplier. $50 makes 902.50. And boom, we're in. And if you're new to the DFS game and you want to get your first time deposit matched up to $100, you can use promo code Kurt on Sleeper. 
and get in the game. You can also go to sleeper.com forward slash promo forward slash Kurt. All right, we got the week 10 playoff push. What are we looking for? I got a few games circled on my calendar right now. I got this 49ers-Jaguars game. This is cross-conference, but both teams really need this, especially for that number one seed contention. Jaguars 6-2, 49ers 5-3. 49ers, 49ers coming off of a bye. They're a little bit healthier. They get Debo Samuel back, which we always look at McCaffrey, but what Debo Samuel does for that offense, dude, I don't think the 49ers have won a game since he's been out. Someone can fact-check me, but I'm pretty sure that's true. The other one that kind of feels like do or die for me right now, Texans Bengals. Bengals are on the up and up. They probably will win this game, but they're five and three and they are fighting for a wild card spot right now. Weirdly enough with how good they're playing ball. It's a long season. We're only eight games for them into it, but this one's a big one. And the Texans four and four. Nobody really looked at them as a playoff team, but if they want a shot at the wild card, they got to win some of these really close games. Then we got two ones later in the slate. Commanders Seahawks. Commanders four and five. They need it desperately. And the Seahawks 5-3 and three, coming off of a brutal loss. It's at home for the Seahawks. I think they're going to win. But the Commanders are also a team that go toe-to-toe with some of the big dogs and lose to some of the frauds. We don't really know what they're going to do, but Geno Smith has got to play some good ball. Their defense has to show up for Seattle a little bit better. And this one's a big game. If Seattle drops this, they'll be at 5-4 and four now. And that's a tough spot to be in the NFC. And then lastly, another game. This game feels really weird. Broncos at 3-5 and five, heading to Buffalo against the 5-4 and four Bills who have been underwhelming this entire year. The Broncos' defense has showed up somehow in the last few weeks. I don't even know how, but they look like an entirely different team, and I'm going to be honest, like it was shocking. I had written them off, but if they go into Buffalo and somehow handle business and sneak away with a win, Broncos' weird wild card run, maybe? Let Russ cook? I don't know. We'll see, but... These are some of the games that I've circled. There's a few more good ones that will have playoff implications a few weeks from now, but... Man, it's going to be another good week of football. Now for my notorious fraud watch. I'm going to say it, dude. The Steelers. They're frauds. And I, like, I don't even know how they're 5-3. and three. I don't know if they know how they're 5-3. and three. Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. But their offense is fraudulent. Their defense is hit or miss. And I think that the freaking Packers found a step last week against a bad Rams team with no quarterback. I get that. But if they decide to feed Aaron Jones this week, and they head into Pittsburgh and find a way with a win, it all comes crumbling in Pittsburgh. And I don't see how the Steelers play in their division against the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens playing football how they are and win any of those games the rest of the year. I think the Steelers end under 500 for the first time in Tomlin's tenure, and I think it might be over for them. Also, just a little nugget, I would love to see Mike Tomlin with a change of scenery. Maybe a little better supporting cast. I don't know. I, I love Tomlin as a coach. I don't think he's a great roster. I think he's doing the best with what he has but I don't see the bright spots at all. My week 10 dark horses. After a wild win last week for the Vikings, I think they come back down to earth just a little bit. And I think the Saints are using their guys. Dude, some Hill back. He's playing well. They're using him in running, passing, catching everything. He's a gadget guy that wins you weird games. Look, if the Broncos could go to the playoffs and win a playoff game with Tim Tebow, the more that Taysom Hill touches the ball for the Saints between him and Kamara and Alave playing pretty well right now, I think the Saints could be decent. And they're kind of my dark horse, like sneaky wild card team that like if Derek Carr can put it all together and not mess it up, get them all the way down to the red zone and then give the ball to Taysom Hill to go work his magic. I think they have a formula to win games. And then the other sneaky, sneaky game this week, this feels like just a setup. I have the Falcons picked to win this game, but Kyler Murray coming back for the Cardinals with one win this year, all of duty drops in a few days. Kyler's getting his first start this year. 
office injury. It feels like the stars are aligning for Arizona where Kyler's going to go win this game. The coach is going to say, see you Wednesday. And they're going to have all for a few days to give Kyler his time to binge Call of Duty, get back right, and celebrate that win. I don't know, man. I just I could see that world where it happens. I still think the Falcons should win because Arthur Smith's on the hot seat. He's got to feed his guys for the first time in the history of the season, Bijan and Pitts. But if they do not, I would not be shocked to see Kyler Murray's redemption arc and just nixing all of the bad talk about Call of Duty releases and his gameplay. He might be back, and I'm actually going to be excited to watch this game for the first time. Excited to watch the Cardinals this year. What are the Giants going to do at quarterback? I don't know, man, but if they called me, I wouldn't even know what I would do in that situation because that's a tough spot to be in. What they really need to do is get whoever's willing to take a shit ton of hits and hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley most of the time and throw screens and just not make it look any uglier than it already has. They're screwed. I would not be shocked to see Dabble out after this year. Goes from winning Coach of the Year last year, which I think that Dan Campbell got robbed, but that's for another time. And now he might be on his way out. He's on a super hot seat. Like, I just, I don't see where their roster looks promising. I don't see where they can build from. And they definitely have a problem at quarterback. Daniel Jones just got paid a bunch of money. Hopefully they got an insurance policy out like some of these other teams. But man, they have to figure it out. And I don't think they will this year. And I don't know if there's a quarterback out there that can figure it out for them. My game of the week to watch right now, it's going to be the Browns and Ravens. The Ravens of recent have been rolling everyone and in come the number one defense in the league, the Cleveland Browns defense. What I really want to see this game is, look, I want to see what does Lamar do against this defense and how do they attack it? And then on the flip side, the Ravens have a stellar defense too. What is Deshaun Watson going to do and how is he going to try to elevate his team? They won't be able to rely on the run game. It's going to come down to what does Deshaun Watson do with that arm of his and with his weapons and can he make anything work? I actually see the Browns getting exposed this week. And they see the Ravens rolling again. I just don't like this matchup for the Browns. I think this is one game they're going to get smacked and then go back and win some more games and find their way into the playoffs. But this one is going to solidify the Ravens as top dog for me in the NFL. Now we got my quick picks for this week. My pickums. These are the teams that I think are just going to win this week. We're going to go through it really quick. I think the Panthers are going to win on Thursday Night Football. I think the 49ers are going to beat the Jaguars. I think the Packers are going to go into Pittsburgh and upset them by giving Aaron Jones a bunch of balls. Yes, a bunch of balls. I have the Lions over the Chargers because I think that they're just a more complete team. The Raiders are going to probably embarrass that Jets offense one more time. Then I'm going to go Colts. I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going Bengals over Texans. Saints over Vikings. I have the Bucks over the Titans. I'm putting the Bucks back in the win category. I think they need one. I just, they've played well enough to win games and they just haven't. It's their time this week. I have the Falcons winning a must win against the Cardinals. Cowboys over Giants for obvious reasons. They might put up 70 points. Seahawks over Commanders, even though this one was a coin flip for me. I think the Commanders are one of those weird teams. And then lastly, the Bills have got to take care of business and beat the Broncos and get back on the right track. Episode one, quick recap, everything NFL, everything DFS, fantasy, you guys have any questions things you want to see in the next episode be sure to leave a comment tweet at us we will see it we will find it and i'm looking forward to putting out the next one for you guys until next time be sure to like follow subscribe or do whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're on and we'll see you next episode